It was just one of those moments in your life where you're presented with two paths to take. That's the sweet spot. It's what I like to call swag and substance. The idea got bigger and bigger and bigger the more people we kind of brought into it. I'm Jeremy Schumann. And I'm Ro Colinaros. And this is the cheat sheet for your career from the top marketing talent behind the world's biggest brands. We reveal the discoveries that kickstarted breakthroughs in their careers and share the timeless wisdom from their legendary CMO mentors to leave you with tactics you can use today to propel your career to new heights. This is the career advice you wish you had years ago. This is Marketer Momentum. Marketer Momentum. Today, we're so excited to be talking to Tatiana Quaif, Director of Marketing Strategy at Disneyland. And she has an incredible background from coming up in PNG to now leading marketing strategy for the happiest place on earth. So we're stoked to have you here today. Thank you for having me. As you said, a lot is in flux and things are wild right now. So it's great that you were able to join us today. Oh, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure. It's, it, I am very passionate about helping the community in any way I can. So thank you for having me. What has it been like these past few months trying to open the happiest place on earth again? It's been a roller coaster. <laughs> so I believe for many of us, when back in March, things were picking up from a pandemic standpoint and we went on quarantine, I don't know that many of us thought that we would be here almost in Thanksgiving, you know, in November and still in quarantine. But here we are. And it's been challenging. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of change happening. And we have not been able to open the happiest place. So it's been an emotional roller coaster for the past few months as we get gleams of hope that maybe we can open and then things change on a dime. And it's been difficult for me as a person, as a leader, for our teens as well. So we're still optimistic and hopeful about the future and doing the best that we can right now. It is such an interesting time for all marketers, but especially being in a leadership role. Are there any moments in your career that you feel like prepared you for this moment? That's a great question. I have been learning a lot over the past, I'd say, few years about the power of our mindset. And I have learned the hard way, I would say, through banging my head on the wall many, many times, how our minds can be our best allies and our worst enemies too. And I learned that sometimes we can create, I call the novellas because I'm Brazilian, but a lot of novellas in our heads that drive us crazy and we can spiral down so, so easily. And I have been on a journey for the past few years to learn how to manage my mindset and, and really focus on more of a positive outlook, developing a resilient mindset. And all of that has been, I believe, preparing me for all that 2020 has thrown at us. And not just for me personally, as an individual, which has been a huge help, but also then how to bring that to the people around me and my teams, so that we together can not only survive all that's happening, but really come out stronger. And that's my goal. There's so much to unpack in what you just said. What really stood out to me was that idea of the novellas we make in our head. And for people who don't know the term novella, that means soap opera. I lived in Brazil and Uruguay, so I know the dramatic soap operas they have, and they're so fun to watch. But I think that was something that we all deal with in some way is sometimes the pressure or the stories we kind of make for ourselves in our head of what we're bad at or what we're 
up against or what our insecurities are. Sometimes it's more in our head than anywhere else. So could you unpack that a little bit more of how you identified that these were novellas and how you kind of manage that working in such an interesting time? Yeah, it's so true. I actually think most of the things that are happening up in our head are things that we're making up like 80% of the time. And to me, what I realized first is that I was living my life as though I was a victim of the novellas. I wasn't even aware of what was happening and just being thrown around like in a roller coaster and just going with it. Step number one is becoming aware. So Jeremy, to your point, is just taking that moment to realize, okay, this is a story I'm making up right now. And it's a perspective of how I'm interpreting a situation that happened, a conversation that I had, a meeting that maybe didn't go as well as I wanted to, or feedback that I'm getting from my leader, right? All of those things are going to happen, but really what's going to determine how we move forward and what we're doing about it is the story and the perspective that we're telling ourselves about that experience and the event. The self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, all those things are really real. So I can catch myself and realize that I'm not the victim of my novella. I'm actually the author of my novella. And I can choose to tell myself a different story about this experience situation. And in that, change my perspective and change how I'm moving forward and learning from it. That speaks to me because like, I'm a classic overthinker. I mean, my job and strategy is to try and see what people don't see for opportunities for our brands. But that affects me in my personal life too and my professional life. It was like, I overthink everything. And I'm sure my girlfriend would be like, hey, you need to pay Tatiana for therapy now because she's helping you realize all these things. But I think there's so much power in realizing like these stories are in our head, but then taking control of your narrative. So for you, what was that unlock moment when you started taking control of your narrative? And then how did that lead you to your dream role at Disneyland and where you are today? By the way, I think we're all in that same boat. Like we're like higher achievers, right? We want to do the best job that we can. We sometimes strive for perfection, which is not real. So we put ourselves into the situation and this pressure and we are planners at work. We think things through. So all of those things just combine to like a mind explosion that's sometimes going in our head. And for me, it came from banging my head on the wall. It wasn't this beautiful voila moment. It was really messy in the sense that I was actually at Procter & Gamble and I had been there for maybe three years and things were going really well. Like I was performing well, working on exciting jobs and learning so much. And all of a sudden, like a few things just didn't go the way I wanted to. I didn't get a project that I really wanted to. When it come to the end of the year evaluation, I didn't get the sort of review that I was expecting or thought that I deserved. And then all of a sudden, I just started to spiral down. And again, got completely caught up in the novellas. And then you find people at work that you can complain to, commiserate with, and then all of a sudden you're like feeling validated and then that fuels that fire. And for me, there had been months that I had been just spiraling down and I didn't even know. And the way that I found out, it was actually at the time my director and a great mentor pulled me aside and he took me to his office and he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, what do you mean? What's going on? Like, everything is fine. And he's like, no, everything is not fine. In fact, like, I haven't heard you laugh in months. And I am a really loud person. You can hear me down the hallway. Because <laughs> I'm like, annoying and loud and laughing. Like It's the whole fun. Time. It's also like the Brazilian Latin <laughs> culture. They're just so open and loving. Like, I love it. And it's just me. That's who I am. Right. And for him to realize that he hadn't heard me for many, many months, and therefore something was off. And when he told me that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're right. And my worst nightmare, I started crying in his office. 
And he said, like, Jedi mentor, <laughs> he just said, it's okay, Tatiana, you are going to get in this spirals, like negative spirals, really where your lesson is, is how to realize sooner and then do what you got to do to get out of that. I can realize when I'm off track and then put myself back. And that's really what started my passion to learn more about mindset because I realized that, again, I could take control. I could become the author of my life if I learned how to manage my mindset. A lot of things that we've learned our whole lives and almost like reprogramming so that we can really tap into like our full authentic power. Has there ever been a time where you're writing your story and it's pulling you in a different direction and you're like, I don't exactly want to go in that direction, but I have to? Has there ever been that change in path? As I have started to go in this journey, I think one thing that I'm starting to learn is, again, Jeremy, you were saying like, we're like this type A overachiever people, right? So we try to plan everything. So here's what my next 10 years should look like, right? And I should like have this job and then this job and then this job. And I should move with this speed and I should have this type of projects. And we try to sort of plan our lives out the same way we plan a project or something at work. And the truth is life is not like that, right? And a lot of anxiety sometimes comes from getting so attached and trying to control like everything in our lives. And in that, then we're not really open to maybe new ideas or new experiences, Ro, as you're talking, that could come up for us. And so for me, I have been trying to let go a little bit of that control and be open to what could happen when you allow the possibilities, right? So for example, I mentioned that I am very passionate about mindset and I started to talk about that with my team and within Disney, maybe late last year. And early this year, we started to have weekly meetings where we talk about a lot of these topics are often taboo in corporate America. And that actually started before COVID. But once COVID started and we went into quarantine and all of that, I realized actually the timing is perfect. And as I realized so many of us were struggling with all that's going on, I had this idea of why not start sharing some of my lessons and the tools that I use with more people like outside of work. And I was hesitant at that at first. I'm like, no, that's not what I do. Like, who am I to share these things? And I realized, well, if I can help one or two people out there not go through the pains that I've gone through over my years, like there's value in it. And I just started sharing articles or videos and posts on LinkedIn and Facebook And different things started to pop up in terms of possibilities, like opportunities to talk with certain people, do speeches or webinars or workshops, just following a little bit of that intuition and something that I was passionate about and that I thought I could make a contribution. It wasn't in my plan. And I was really nervous about it because it was outside of my plan. So sometimes when I find myself in those situations, again, just realize why is it that I am hesitant or afraid to go down a certain path. And often it is fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear of the uncomfortable. But I do believe if we take action that feels it's coming from not fear, but from a place of positive feelings and excitement and energy, I think we should go for it and be open to what it's going to unfold. I love that idea of positive action because sometimes we get overwhelmed and we feel like we just have to take action. We have to do something no matter what it is. But I think grounding it in that positivity is such a powerful shift. 
It is. I literally was talking about that with folks from my team this week. And we take action because we're trying to control things. But when you jump into action from a negative space, not only you're going to feel not great, but often that action is really not going to take you anywhere because it's it's just constricted, you know. So the first thing that I often tell people is actually work to clear that up to get back from a place where you're feeling different and you have a more of a positive mindset and then take that action. It will feel different and it will take you to different places. Was Disney in your 10-year plan when you had that moment at P&G of like that reckoning? It was not at first. That moment started me in a journey to realize that I had been chasing nonstop a growth plan, my 10-year plan that was based on a lot of things that I thought I needed to do or how other people had defined success for me. I often say I was caught up in a rat race. So it's like, I get a promotion, I get a job, you get this excitement and the high for like a little bit and it feels great and you feel this internal validation. Okay, yes, I'm awesome. And that wears out and then you're like, okay, I actually need a bigger cheese and then a bigger cheese and then a bigger cheese. And I got to a point where I don't even know why I want all this cheese. Heck, I might even be lactose intolerant for all I know. And I'm still chasing the cheese. So in this journey of becoming more aware of my mindset, it's also clarifying what my purpose is. What is my mission and what is it that I, my big vision for myself, not just about my current job, but what what is it and why that I'm looking to accomplish for myself? Not what other people think I should do or what I think society has told me I should do, but deep within it, what is it that I want to do? And in trying to answer that for myself, I realized that, okay, I love marketing. I do. And I like to think I'm good at it. But in the end of the day, I was selling laundry detergent. And I am a very passionate person, but it wasn't naturally something I was passionate about. And so I took a step back to think through, okay, what is it that I could do that I would play to my strengths, do what I'm great at, do what I love, which is marketing, but then feel I'm making a bigger contribution. So as I took that step back to think about what kind of places or brands or industries I could work at. Disney kept coming to my mind. I had uh, grown up in Brazil, going to Florida a lot as part of my family vacation. So I had a lot of childhood memories going to Disney, just a deep place in my heart. But it actually wasn't until my daughter, who just turned nine, which is crazy, she had turned three, and we flew to Florida from Cincinnati to celebrate her third birthday. My family flew in from Brazil. It was awesome birthday party trip. And when I saw Disney through her eyes, I'm like, that's it. I want to work for Disney. I want to help create that magic. And I just felt all the tingles in my body, the intuition. I'm like, that's it. I found it. That's what I want to do. But like that type of person, I'm like, okay, I don't know anybody at Disney. They didn't recruit in my school. Like, how do I make this happen? So while I was on vacation, I'm literally on LinkedIn, (laughs) looking up like, who do I know at Disney? And eventually found out an awesome guy who I'd gone to business school with was working at Disney Marketing Strategy. Small world, right? But I feel like sometimes when things are meant to happen and you're open to it, things start to shake and, and flow. And I reached out to him and 
he's awesome. We spent like an hour on the phone one day and he was telling me what he was doing. I was telling him what I was doing at PNG. And I'm like, that's it. We're doing the same thing, but you're working at Disney theme parks and I'm selling soap. So <laughs> I want to do what you're doing. And I just basically networked my way into it. Just one person at a time, introducing myself, having meet and greets, telling them about me, my journey, my passion for the company and the brand and learning about what they were doing. And then eventually I met a recruiter and then eventually a role opened up and I joined Disney a little over five years ago. But it took time to like, I had that aha, I had that vision. I had to take action. I had to be patient, which is not my virtue. And then the right opportunity showed up. It wasn't an easy decision, though, because I had to take a big step back from where I was at PNG, both in terms of pay, but also responsibilities. Also was moving my family to a different state. And what it come down to me, though, was I need to follow my heart. I, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. I have to take this step, even though it was uncomfortable, there was a lot of fear, there was a lot of doubt whether I was making the right decision or not. But in my mind, this was for the long term. I thought about the step back as like a temporary short term step back. I'll get there, I'll shine, I'll do my best work, it's going to be wonderful. And then eventually things are going to work out, right? And that's exactly what I did. But it was really difficult. And I shared that because sometimes we see people's, I don't know, bullets on LinkedIn and this perfect trajectory and you think it's like all rosy. And really it isn't. Like we're all going through a lot. Accomplishing these things is not necessarily easy. I went through a difficult journey full of ups and downs. Uh, had to take a big step back, which was a difficult decision for me. After that, I had felt a lot of guilt and self-doubt, like beating myself up for why did I do this? This was a stupid decision. Because again, the novellas creep back up. But in the end of the day, continuing to work on my inner like personal growth allowed me to actually break through in my career as well. There's so much wisdom in everything you just shared right there. And there's so many areas we could go deeper into, but some things that resonated with me was you did the groundwork of really defining what your purpose was, where you wanted to be. And then you went out there and just started shooting your shot again and again. And that's something that speaks to me as well, because I wanted to work in marketing. I wanted to work in big brands, but I was from Utah. There are no big brands in Utah. I didn't know anybody. And I just started networking like you. I've like just hit people up on Twitter, just hit people up on LinkedIn. But that doesn't happen overnight. Everybody sees these overnight successes. It comes down to chemistry and timing. It's kind of like dating, right? Like you put the chemistry out there and timing can be wrong a lot of the times, but you meet all those people and then finally the right opportunity comes. But I also really want to acknowledge and celebrate of the vulnerability you shared of even doing that was a bit of a setback for you and really analyzing, wait, this is for the long-term vision. This is really what I want. And I'm willing to sacrifice to do that. So I think, I feel like I want to re-listen to that last bit, maybe three or four times myself, because there's so much wisdom in all that. I needed to remind myself of that over and over again, because sometimes I was doubting. I would doubt decisions that I had made. It's that idea of comparison is the thief of happiness, right? And it's so easy for us to compare ourselves to every, uh, other people's highlight reels on their LinkedIn or whatever that is. So it's acknowledging that, but then also acknowledging, hey, I can't compare because my story is different. And even more so, I'm going to take control of my script. Somebody may be a different level, but I'm going to go somewhere I, I'm excited to work at every day. And it's so awesome seeing that success in your life. Yeah, there's so many things you don't see on LinkedIn. You don't see the people you're working with, the small projects that might not get a lot of recognition, but that bring you so much joy. Is there any work that really stands out to you from your time at Disney that you're like, this is why I'm here? 
<laughs> oh, yes. It's funny because there's actually a training I attended back when I was at PNG that just stayed with me for my entire career. The training was around legacy and, and leaving a legacy behind. And I remember I was a junior assistant brand manager, had just joined the company. And sometimes I feel like we're early in our careers and we might think, or we have a project or a role that is not as exciting or like the shiny object, right? And we think, who am I, right, to really make great contributions? And the training was all about flipping that and realizing that we can actually always leave a legacy behind, no matter what your role is, no matter what your project is. And it was this idea that what can you look back after you leave a role or a job and know that you made a big contribution, that you wouldn't have happened without you. And often that is the intersection between something that plays to your strengths, something that you're really passionate about, that you see as an opportunity for the business, and that you know is going to move the business forward. And you are passionate about it, you drive it, you influence, you kind of make it happen, right? So I learned that early in my career. And through all of my roles, everything I've worked on, my favorite time is actually six months after a new job, a new role, or a new experience because I feel like you learn, you know, the first few months you're like learning and the, the culture, the business and whatnot. And then you get to a point where you know enough that you realize what your legacy can be. And sometimes that is actually not what has been assigned to you, right? Or where like defined as your role or where you're swim lane. But to me, that's where the biggest rewards and the biggest areas of growth have been for me and the business and the brands that I've worked on. So every role that I have had I can say that like, I can look back and be like, oh, that was my legacy. And not only has that helped me shine and be successful at work, because when you're working on this type of legacy projects that you create and move the business forward, you get recognition for the great work that you are doing. But also it gives you meaning and fulfillment because that's ultimately what all we want to do. We want to feel like we're adding value and contributing in a bigger way. I think one day I'm going to look back at the opportunity and the honor of reopening the happiest place on earth as maybe my big one, you know, to work on the business that is 65 years old and has been bringing such magic and happiness for generations that completely got shuttered for months. And then we can write our comeback story. And reopen, yes, that's going to be a really proud, proud moment. I'm in the middle of it now. But often I actually think it's the smaller things too. My most beloved memories that I have as a child of Disney are parades. <laughs> I think I watched many of them when I was a little girl. And I just love, love, love Disney parades. And maybe two or two and a half years ago, we started developing a new Disney parade for Disneyland. We hadn't done a parade in many, many years. And I remember sitting with the entertainment team and they were sharing the concepts with me. And I started crying <laughs> in the middle of the meeting. And they're like, what's happening? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't. Disney parades are literally the most exciting thing of a Disney experience to me. And I cannot believe that I am working on a project, a new project, a new experience we're going to launch. And it's going to be a new parade that is going to bring that type of magic and memory that I had growing up to so many people. Right. And I remember they played the music that was being developed in, com in partnership with Todrick Hall. And like, I get like, I was just like losing it. 
And then in March, right before we closed, like two or three weeks before we closed, we launched the parade, Magic Happens. And I was sitting on Main Street, just watching the parade come down. My team was there. I just sat down on the curb as I used to when I was a little girl. First, because I wanted to feel it like I felt growing up. But second, because I didn't want to see people because I was like, no, I was going to cry my eyes out. And sure enough, the music started and the parade was coming down Main Street. And I was just so emotional. But what really made me just totally lose it was that across from me on Main Street, on the other side of Main Street, there was a little girl. And she was dressed up in her princess dress and she was watching the parade as it was coming down. And she was waving to her favorite characters and she was about five years old. And like I saw myself in her, it's not the biggest project I've worked on, but it was just this experience and this magic that I felt that I'm like, that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, so many goosebumps. I will be the first one at the gates of Disney when it opens just because of that story. (laughs) And beyond creating this incredible impact in your work, it seems like you've also had a similar impact just on the people around you, the people that you work with, your teams, and in this executive mentorship program as well. Who was your mentor? Oh, yes. I completely won the mentor jackpot. (laughs) Antonio Lucio is my mentor and he is, as you all know, he's simply incredible. So I am insanely, insanely grateful. And then the one thing I'd share is I almost didn't apply to this program. I actually wasn't going to apply. I had seen it and I had looked at the incredible mentors. I was holding myself back. I was kind of afraid and I almost didn't apply. I actually, the application deadline got extended, I believe, by a few days. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then one day I was sitting at the dinner table having you know, dinner with my daughter. And I'm like, why wouldn't I apply? Like, what's the downside, really, of applying? So like that night I sat down and like, like just wrote the application and sent it through. I didn't overthink it. I just poured my heart out and I'm like, why and who I wanted to work with and why. And I was like, it's fine. Like, I'll just put it out there. And when I got the email that first, like I was accepted, you know, into the program. And then second that I get, had been paired up with him, who was my number one choice. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this is a pinch me moment. I'm so excited. I had seen him speak last year, this time last year, at the ANA Multicultural Conference in San Diego, I had gone on on behalf of Disney. And he gave an incredible speech around diversity and inclusion, and just really authentic and real and vulnerable about his journey, and about his passion and mission to really drive step change in the DNI efforts in the industry. And I heard him And that resonated with me so deeply that I thought, like, how can I help? You know, I want to help him. We're continuing to meet as I go through my journey. And he's going through his journey now, too, as he develops for himself what the next exciting chapter is going to be in his career. But I know you all watched the Brand Week (laughs) Masterclass from him. It was 30 minutes of pure gold and wisdom from his incredible career. Of course, your whole experience sounds incredible, but something that I hear from a lot of people is people feel a little intimidated to apply for the program. And I feel like I'm definitely somebody who 
I just shoot my shot all the time. And the first time I applied, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get in. So I think that's one thing we want to challenge all our listeners to do is look into the Advic Mentorship Program. And yes, it's competitive. And yes, not everybody gets in, but there's no harm in shooting your shot. I think we should all do that. Even if you don't get in, try reaching out to some of these people as they going back to how you hit up people at Disneyland on LinkedIn, right? I think that idea of really deciding what makes you happy and aligning yourself with that purpose, but then just doing what you need to do to manifest that, right? Find people at your dream brand or your dream company to really take control of your narrative like Tatiana has. <laughs> I love that. And, and that's very true because I have reached out to other mentors from the program outside, you know, just to ask if they were open and willing to meet with me and get to know each other. And they have. People are very generous. Now with being quarantined, we're all working from home. So there are no barriers, right? So maybe in our heads before we couldn't reach out to somebody because they were like in New York, like you were. I was like, oh, they're in New York. I can't meet with, I can't have coffee with them. Well, you are now, we're all in our homes. We're all virtual. And I think when you do have this time, it's really important to be clear on your story so that you are connecting with that person at a human level and then you develop their relationship and they're going to open doors for you or they want to keep fostering their relationship and giving you advice. It's really about building their relationship, not seeking jobs. That's like an outcome, but the, the richness of it really comes from meeting people, getting to know people and developing that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And so for the next generation of marketing leaders, for everybody who's listening, what's your creative dare to them? What's your challenge for them to go kickstart their careers that they can do tomorrow? Uh, that's a big one. I think as we've been saying here, like dream big and really go for it. And there are going to be challenges and there are going to be setbacks and you're going to hear no. That doesn't mean you should stop it. You need to develop that resilience to keep pursuing your dreams. And something I'm very passionate about, we haven't talked about it yet, is I am a Latina, a woman, growing up in corporate America. My first job was in the middle of nowhere in the Midwest. I was very often the only woman and the only person of color in the room. Growing up as a minority in corporate America is difficult. And Right now, there's such tremendous momentum around diversity and inclusion, which is great. And we need to step into that and really help to lead and drive the change that we all want to see. But I think a big part that we don't talk about is a transformation that needs to happen inside of ourselves, because many of us have learned that we couldn't succeed and be our authentic selves. There is this perception out there that to be successful, we need to fit in a certain mold of what leaders do or look like or behave like or sound like. And I spent many years early in my career trying to fit in that mold. And in many ways, I was successful because I was learning and I was growing and I was getting promoted, but I lost myself. I couldn't recognize myself anymore in the mirror and I lost my light my spark. And I have been in a journey to let go of a lot of limiting beliefs and self-doubt that I had picked up from growing up in corporate America that I couldn't really be successful if I looked, behaved, and sound like I did as a Brazilian, as a Latina woman growing up in corporate America. So even though there is this tremendous momentum around diversity and inclusion, I hear a lot of companies say, just be you. 
And I'm like, I can't just be me. I've spent two decades thinking I couldn't be me. I'm not going to switch overnight from thinking that I needed to fit in and I couldn't speak my truth and I couldn't be my authentic self. People need to go through an inner transformation to allow ourselves to actually show up in that an authentic way. And right now, what we need in our industry and even beyond that in corporate America is for all of us to show up in our brightest, boldest, authentic self, because that's what the world needs right now. It's for all of our lights to turn back on so that we can lead and be the change that we want to see. That's amazing. Just even the visual of showing up and turning your lights on. That is so incredible. And I can't wait to see how our listeners react to that and show up. How can they reach out to you? How can they connect with you on social? Yes, please reach out to me on LinkedIn as a connection or send me a message. I would love to continue to help in the conversation. I think my mission right now, as you were saying, Ro, is just just spark that light in as many people as I can. And a big part is just showing up as myself, right? Because then people can see they're like, oh, actually, it is possible to be our authentic selves and still be successful. So if I can spark that within people and all of us then can just start a ripple effect and together really drive and create the change that we want to see. That's really powerful. And working at Disney is just so on brand for you. As you're saying, like spark that like I picture like Mickey in the wizard hat or Tinkerbell or whatever it is, just like spreading fireworks in the background. What I love about Disney is like, I I geek out over brand strategy frameworks. And I think Disney's brand enemy was the idea of growing up, right? They really ignite that within all of us. And I feel like you have that same approach too, but instead of helping people like find that magic of being a kid and, and not growing up for you, it's really just helping people take control of their mindset, take control of their narrative, and then really show up. Like, as you said, like turn on those lights. I feel like there's such a strong resemblance between Disney and you, and it's been incredible to witness and and learn from all of this. Thank you. I agree. It's like the magic and the light is within us. It hasn't been lost. It's just all of that doubt and the imposter voice and the, the novellas gunk up. It clouds. It blocks the light and the magic. Perhaps my biggest aha in my life is that magic has always been within me. Tatiana, thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your story, for being so vulnerable, but just sharing so many learnings that's helped you throughout your career that I'm definitely going to take to note, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will as well. Thank you so much, Jeremy, Rowe, and the Adweek team for the opportunity. Marketer Momentum was produced in partnership with Julian Lewis and TJ Bonaventura from StudioPod. Thanks for tuning in. We know you're making good on those creative dares. So share with your friends and tweet at Adweek with hashtag Marketer Momentum. And if you have nice things to say about us. Only nice things though. Write us a review on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also special thanks to Adweek. Adweek.